Hey everyone, Jared here. At the end of the episode, we talk about some pretty heavy stuff dealing with sexual assault and domestic violence. If that is something that would uh, trigger something in you, we want to put a content warning at the beginning of the episode. If you don't want to hear about that, go ahead and just tune out, turn off the episode right about after Tribal Council. It'd probably be the best spot. And thanks for listening. Welcome, everyone, to the Survivor Turning Back Time podcast, the only Survivor podcast that lures you out into the African wilderness, tells you you're not going home, and then never lets you return. I'm your host, Stephen Levine, with my co-host, Jared Sheldon. Jared, what's up? What's new with you? I have also been kidnapped by Jeff, Stephen. (laughs) Where'd he take you? I have signed an NDA, and I got a large cash settlement, so I am not at liberty to say. Oh, okay. So, I don't know. I I know court cases and things are weird, but like, why do you sign that NDA? For the large sum of money I also mentioned, yes. Sure. But did he kidnap you and then offer you a large fortune of money? Or did no, he uh, say, NBC gave me the money. Sure. Yeah. NBC? A yeah. rival studio gave you the money? Yeah. I really have no idea where this show is hosted. <laughs> Oh, no. I did not even attempt to yes and you, and then I put the studio, the wrong studio in there. I am a terrible improv partner. I love it. Also, I've never done improv. You've never done improv? Well, like, in high school, in, like, theater classes and stuff, Uh I've done improv. You didn't do, like, a garbage college theater improv crew? No, I'm pretentious and I'd rather die. Oh, okay. (laughs) Although, some people think, some people say that Meisner is, like, Meisner is improving, but it's not what people think of when they think of improv. And that's, like, exercises for, like, becoming a better actor, not to perform in front of people. Sure. (laughs) But you strike me as an improv type. I haven't improved in a long time. I, I do enjoy it. I... I, I think I'm good at it. Sometimes, though, I get bogged down in the details and, like, don't let myself just fail, mm. which is half the point of improv is to throw everything at a wall and something will stick eventually. And we're in the city of improv. Yeah. But I can not stand most improv. <laughs> if it's done really well, it's mm. very impressive. And I the asterisk I put on that is musical improv. Ooh. I'm always impressed by musical improv. It's, it's pretty great. Uh, I, I think musical improv live is fun. Yes. It's the one thing on, like, Whose Line Is It Anyway that I feel falls flat. Yeah, it I just agree. It doesn't translate to a TV show. Yeah. No, I, yeah, I was speaking live. And I do love Whose Line Is It Anyway. That's improv done well. That, yes. But uh, <laughs> the absolute, besides the creme de la creme of improv. Colin Mockery. Yeah, the Colin Mockeries of the world. Improv falls into this problem that I call the jackbox problem. Ooh. Where eventually the bar just keeps getting lower till every joke is come. Mm. I think that's dependent on your crowd. I think you need better people to play jackbox with. Because <laughs> it's true. If you rely on inside jokes or just come, like straight up fart 
shit humor. Oh, I love Jackbox. Uh-huh. Don't get me wrong. Okay. But if you play for long enough, and that's the it's the one game in Jackbox, the uh, Quiplash. Quiplash. Yep. I sound like a very old man. It's the, it's the Quiplash. It's uh-huh. the Quiplash. Putting the in front of things that don't have it. Uh, the Survivor. The Survivor. The Survivor Turning Back Time podcast. <laughs> no, that, that does have a the in front okay. of it. That needs a the in the front of it. But if you play Quiplash long enough, eventually that bar is going to get low. Eventually someone's going to run out of witty things to say and it's going to start making dick jokes and then people are going to start thinking that's funny because they're the first ones to do it and then dick jokes are going to keep winning. Yeah. Or maybe I'm bitter because I'm just not funny enough. I hope it's the latter because I... I don't know. It just... It feels bad when you're like, okay, I've seen this joke 12 times now. Stop voting for it. Yes. Because I will be the one to be like, no, don't vote for that. And it's hard, it. to, it's hard to sit there and be like, you're playing the game wrong. You're having fun wrong. But I'm not having fun when it's like, hee hee, come. Jared, are we pretentious? I have already said that I am. You need to just accept it, that okay. you are. Mm. Yes, of course. Welcome to the Survivor Turning Back Time podcast. I am your host, Stephen von Stevenstein. Stefan von Stevenstein. Ooh, yes, of course. Yeah. Have we created alter egos for ourselves? Cool. You're Stephen, I'm Stefan. Uh, oh, I would hate that. That would be a bad show. It would be a really bad Steven, show. Stephen, unless, unless you played into it. It's a tribe of all Carls. You have a story for us, Stephen. Sure, I do. At the end of our last episode, we talked about my Spotify wrapped getting ruined. Part of it is my fault. I put my Spotify on our living room television, so... Anyone who uses that Spotify is racking up the views on my account. However, that is not the problem in this scenario. That's the problem for song number two Correct. on your Spotify rap. Song number one is all Jared and Steven. So, if you've ever watched this show, How I Met Your Mother, it's a good show. Most of the time. Yeah, it didn't age perfectly. No. But you just... The, the misogyny is load-bearing, we accept it, we hate it, we move on. I watched it, great, I don't really need to go back and watch it. Cool. Anyway, there is a bit in that show where they go on a road trip, and the cassette player is broken, which is a very old-timey sentence, now that I say it out loud. That's a flashback in the show, so even at the time it takes place in the late 80s, early 90s. Sure. And so the cassette player only plays the current one that's stuck in there, so stuck in the cassette player is the single version of I'm Gonna Be, in parentheses, 500 Miles by the Proclaimers. If you don't know it, yes you do. It's the, I would walk 500 miles and I would walk 500. So essentially the bit is that it's very repetitive. It's pretty short, so you can play it. It plays over and over and over again. And instead of just sitting in silence, they're like, we'll just play this one song over. And eventually you get sick of it. And the bit is, it'll come back around. And they flash cut to them just jamming out in the the car and bopping to it. Well, Jared and I have this game now. Where if we're on a road trip together, which has happened a couple times now. And one of us thinks about it, which is a horrible method of doing this. I feel like we need to implement rules then we have to start playing it until we reach our destination. Which, again, is just a form of torture. And we've done this 
several times and never since we started a podcast. Mm-hmm. So we have we were doing this bit for only ourselves. Yes, correct. For no audience. There's no point in doing this, but we do it because we commit to the bit. And because of that, the last two years at least, my top song has been 500 Miles by the Proclaimers. I think the longest we went was two hours when you're we coming back from it was, Michigan. It was too long. It was a long it was way time. Way too long. But you know what? It comes back around. It comes back around. Speaking of things that come back around, emails. If you want to send us an email, you can send it to survivortbt at gmail.com or you can message us on other platforms such as the dead Twitter at survivortbt and you slash survivortbt on Reddit. Our one email for today is from Carl. Quote from Carl, Jared, I appreciate your investigative journalism. (laughs) Yes! I'm a journalist! Not a crazy person. Not a crazy person. Well, also a crazy person. The two are not... Mutually exclusive? Yeah. Yeah. Oops. And definitely contradicts us here and says, nah, Survivor Carls versus Rachels would be an S-tier season. <laughs> Votes for Fat Carl and Dreadlock Carl and Rachel with the dragon tattoo. <laughs> Maybe they do code names or something. I don't know. It's gold, people. Come on. <laughs> it's a beautiful thing. It says they believe... They primarily use cornmeal because it's a staple of the Kenyan diet. Oh, Where cool. it's called ugali. Didn't know that. I didn't know that either. They used to match the provided food to local life sometimes. Mm. Until they stopped doing that. Well, I mean, they still... Is rice native to Fiji? Because if so, they're, they're still doing it. Oh, yeah. I don't think rice is native to Fiji. South Asia? I guess I don't know where Fiji is. Fiji is a Pacific island. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I guess I just never thought of rice as like an island food. I always thought of it as a mainland food because you need a lot of space to grow it. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. But I guess you it provides you lowland situations where you can like flood areas, which sure. I know they have to do. Was disappointed that we didn't mention Lindsay reading the tree mail in her half-awake witch voice. When they, when they woke everybody up to go get tree mail. Oh, yeah. And, or, no, she's reading it and, like, spinning the thing around. And like, We're going to have more talk about Lindsay this episode, I think. <laughs> yes, we are. Has a good point about, yeah, maybe Linda was right about a few things about Silas. That there's something something off there. Mm-hmm. We're going we're gonna to talk about that after this episode, but... Mm, oh. Something, something ain't quite right. And finally, Linda is just... Linda's a cartoon character. Yes. Everything we criticize her for, but she's literally jumping up and down, going, Put me on the team! That's that's what the title was. That's what the title was. Cool. Yes, okay, okay. Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> okay, and a good point. Cape Buffalo, and says, Yes, they are the most dangerous, in, in all capitals, okay. animal in Africa. But they are dangerous because apparently they just attack and kill people for no reason. Yikes. 200 deaths a year. Whoa! So I'm assuming it is. It's a defensive thing that they're like, Don't, I, you're a thing. I'm going to fuck you up. Yeah. And I, I did allude in that, like, my friend, close friend, grew up on a farm and I spent a lot of time out there. And yeah, bulls have a lot of aggression. So I know it's not the same exact thing, buffalo versus like a, a bull, but same family. And I 
I, I get that. Mm-hmm. Now, once I thought about it, once I marinated on it, that's that's the thing is I don't think about the things in the episode until unless I'm watching the episode or we're talking about the episode. Uh-huh. So sometimes, like I'll talk about a lot today, <laughs> my takes age like milk. Yeah. Immediately. Remember, 9-11 was less important than Windows XP. Yeah. Beautiful take. <laughs> and finally, I did want to talk about one more thing because I'm looking at it right now. Carl can stay quiet no longer. It is Samburu. Samburu? Yeah. We what? keep we keep screwing it up. And what do we keep saying? We, we've we mixed it up here. We have said Sambaru a couple oh. times. I've, I've definitely caught you saying it, but I didn't say anything because I'm like, whatever, we'll fix it later. And then we never did. We just keep fucking it up. Or Samburu? Samburu. Okay. We'll be better. Probably not. Oh, we're from the Midwest day. It's hey. Sam, Samburu. Samburu? Samburu. Oh, way off course, but I want to finish this in my thought. There is a, a lady on TikTok who does Midwestern dirty talk. I love her. It's so funny. I don't know her name because I would give her credit, but mm, peak. We have done a quick search and apparently the name is Maisie Lynn. So if you want to look that up, it's at M-A-I-S-I-E-L-Y-N-N-I-E. Hilarious. Give her a follow. She has great content. Yeah, it's real funny. Especially if you're from the Midwest where you're like, oh no, I know that person. But saying horrible things that I would not expect that person to say. Putting the hot and hot potty. Oh, hey. Anything else? Blumper. All right, so this episode came out on November 8th of 2001. Every week, something eventful, some world-shaping thing has happened between episodes of Survivor this season. It's amazing. Between last week's episode and this week's episode, Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone came out. That seems like a really like landmark thing. That's real big. Not as big as the Patriot Act, 9-11, and <laughs> Windows XP. In that order? Uh, <laughs> no, no, keep going. Yes, actually. Keep going. 53rd Emmy Awards happened. West Wing, Sex in the City, both won. Very uh, timely shows of the time. Sure. And the TV drama series 24 started. The origin Ooh. of our Jack Bauer power dump. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> For those who've been listening since the first episode. The number one song charting was Family Affair by Mary J. Blige. Still, I think it was last time as well. And then in the box office, Monsters, Inc. was number one. Ooh. And then the one domestic disturbance, K-Pax, already fell three, four spots. And 13 ghosts. Yeah, Monsters, Inc. blowing everything else out of the water. As with should. 3,334,000 just on that Thursday. And the next closest being 797,000. So less than, or more than three times the number two spot. Monsters, Inc., great movie. Monsters great movie. University, eh. Not great movie. Mid. I don't know. Like, D- Disney, what's their plan? The, like, 17-year sequel? They've done it a couple times. I don't know if it's 17 or 15 or something along that line. It's worked with Toy Story. I don't think it worked with Monsters, Inc. I mean, Monsters, Inc., I don't think The Incredibles 2 was all that great. I agree. I, I mean, it's, it's trying to capitalize on your nostalgia yeah also we're i think we're past the golden age of disney animated and pixar animated they're still good Mm -hmm. but we're past that golden age so the sequels to the golden age don't feel as good are you saying that disney would put out a movie that's subpar just to get your money strange world playing in theaters now (laughs) 
Oh, is it not good? I don't know, but I forgot it was in theaters until this sentence, uh, so probably not. Uh, it. I'm not gleaming much from the the trailers that I've seen, so that's usually not a great sign. I mean, all the Marvel movies lately have kind of been shovelware. That's a good way of putting it. Mm-hmm. Shovelware. It's, hey, we have this thing that you like. Here's a new movie. What's it about? I don't know. Again, we'll, we'll do what I can. <laughs> Anything else? Nope. Cool. Let's get into the episode. Episode five, The Twist. Okay, so I want to say at the top of this, a few things. Sure. One, when you asked me about like what possible twists we could be seeing, I almost said tribe swap, but ah. I thought this was too early. Mm. So that's why I said uh, early merge, which we might get late merge, <laughs> which is kind of cool. And also, I owe Teresa and Frank an apology. Ooh, go on. Not Carl and Linda. No, no, no. No. They were, especially Linda, was insufferable. <laughs> I did not appreciate, because we have not seen a tribe of people just do nothing. Uh-huh. We've seen Jervis. We've seen, like, individual people that refuse to, or not refuse to, but don't seem to pull their own weight. But even they, we see doing something. Yeah. I, wrongly, assumed that the that we were getting kind of like the lazy young person edit, mm-hmm. and that they were... That they were working around camp and that they were kind of playing up both narratives. Sure. I was very wrong. They were, (laughs) it looks like they were actually burying how lazy those four young people were being, the four Gen Xers were being. Because when, we'll get there, but yeah, I had an incorrect assessment on (laughs) what was going on. All my critiques of the boomers, I do stand by. Okay, that's fair. I, I think they're pretty ineffective communicators. Yes. But I liked Frank and Teresa a lot more in this episode. Good. Nice. Yeah. I Yeah. I stand by my, I think Frank's okay. It's growing on me. Teresa, I think I, I truly enjoy. Yeah. I, I, and I, I, I didn't really have a whole lot on Teresa. I kept mm-hmm. lumping her in because I was just, she's going with them. So I kind of assumed she was like them. Yeah. But now that we're getting a little bit more out of her. Yeah, she seems lovely. Cool. I'm excited to see more of her. <laughs> so, the twist. Right at the top, we get the uh, a lovely outburst from Silas. Holy fucking meltdown yeah. by him and Lindsay. Oh, yeah. Holy it's, meltdown. This is the, hey, we told you to do a thing, and you didn't do the thing. Explain your logic. Just explain it to me. Yeah, they didn't say they were going to, no. actually. They said they wouldn't, I believe. <laughs> so what's in it for us? Why would we do that? And again, there was something that could have been in it for them. Yeah. But they never pitched it as that. <laughs> and I'm most disappointed in that scene from last episode of Brandon, because we get a very different Brandon in this episode. Uh-huh. And I'm like, why weren't you this person last episode? Maybe you were in other parts of the, that we didn't get to see. Sure. But that was a really stupid moment to go, there's nothing in it for you. There's nothing better than a power swap or a power Mm -hmm. mix-up to make you evaluate someone's psyche, someone's ability to play this game. Yeah, and Silas gives me a little bit of sociopathic vibes. The way that he... So Lindsay's emotional about it, Mm -hmm. and so is he. Mm -hmm. 
And at one point he says, like, no, I'm pissed too, but I just want to get through tonight. Mm-hmm. In front of the other people. Sure. Like, they don't hear you saying that. And not in the way of, like, oh, okay, well, we'll all just get together. But, like, you've... He was almost, like, doing his best Harvey Dent there. He kept, like, going back and forth between, like, being super emotional and then, like, trying to be very pragmatic. And it was, it was weird. It was very unsettling. It, it was very unsettling. And again, we'll get to that. Si- and, and I will say, I did love the... There's a, it's a very subtle moment. But while... While they're all having this kind of blow up, like Teresa, Silas, and Lindsay, Kim and Frank are just sitting by the fire, and they're just like, "Fuck it, I don't fucking care. I'm, I'm <laughs> tired of this shit." <laughs> it's so interesting because Teresa, also kind of the level-headed one, ha- has a moment in a side where it's like, "Yeah, it does feel good that we got to them, though." Yeah, I mean, as far as she knows, she's dead in the water. Yeah, we hear later Frank told her not to give up, mm-hmm. which means she was going towards giving up. Sure. And so, yeah, you take your emotional win where you can get it. I also appreciate that she was like, why would we help you? And like, yeah, why would you? I appreciate that level of honesty. Yeah. So we flip over to Baran where oh, there's strange male. Ch- uh, Jared. Okay. Okay. Uh, guys, we have to pick three people to go away, just to go do a thing. They're going to go on a trip, and it says nothing else. I don't think we need to talk about the people that Baran chose. Because it doesn't seem like there was... It was Kelly, Lex, and Tom. Mm -hmm. We didn't get to see anything about how they made their decision. I don't think there's any... I don't. I don't know if there were. They. It seems like they probably picked them for like competition reasons. I'm guessing they do later on in the episode. They talk about how, you know what? We we went over it and we tried. We strategized of what does this mean, and we we picked based on what we thought it meant, and but we never would have assumed what was going to happen. Exactly. Yeah. It seems like they were picking for a hypothetical game where they're like Tom Strong, you know, Kelly Smart, and Lex is fast. Great. Sure. Cover your bases. Yeah. But the Samburu one is much more interesting to talk about. <laughs> it really is. So here's our two groups of three that are going to meet up with Jeff here. Lex, Tom, and Kelly from Baran, and Silas, Frank, and Teresa from Samburu. What do you make of that second group? That makes no fucking sense. Why? Even if you know that a tribe swap or you don't know a tribe swap's happening, why would they? This mm-hmm. has never happened before. What challenge does it benefit you to bring Frank and Teresa, who fucking hate you, probably don't care if they win a reward challenge outside of what it benefits them. Like, if it's a food challenge, sure, they're going to play because they want food. But they have zero morale. They yep. hate your fucking guts. So why are you bringing the two of them Unless you just don't trust the other three that you're aligned with and you're Silas, and so you're like, okay, cool, come with me. Here's my hot take. Okay. I think that these are the people who wanted to do it. The only people who wanted to get up and walk a distance. Oh, that's such a good point. (laughs) That I think you read that and you're like, no, I don't want to fucking walk a few miles and come back later. Yeah, and I guess there has to be something that they, they they probably didn't suspect this was a challenge. Now that I'm thinking about it, because they have 
set challenge days. Mm-hmm. I don't. They never seem surprised when they get tree mail for a reward challenge or for an immunity challenge. So I'm maybe they didn't think it was a challenge. Maybe uh-huh. they, yeah, maybe you're right. They were just like, ah, who, who wants to walk? And the three of the other, Brandon, Kim, and Lindsay are lazy as fuck. <laughs> My yeah, that's that's kind of what I think. It's just really interesting. So all they all come, they like meet in the middle, and Jeff gives the old. Uh, Hey guys, how's it going? Uh, so, take your buff off. The second he said take your buff off, I screamed. Did you? I was alone in my apartment and I screamed. <laughs> like, yes! Let's go! It, it's a good... I mean, Like you said, it's the first time they do this. So, completely blindsided. They had no idea what was coming. Mm-hmm. And Tom talks about... Oh, he said, take off my buff and I just wanted to turn and run. Which I'm realizing is his solution to everything. <laughs> Tom's fight or flight is just flight. Just flight. From the biggest man out there, he's just like, nah, I'm going to run. Correct. <laughs> so, I don't know. It's it's very interesting. So, they take off their buffs. He's like, okay, you're going to the other tribe. Here's your new buffs. And we don't really dwell on the situation. No. We just kind of like go past it. We sit there, but there's no reactions. There's no... Oh, this is big. It's just, okay, bye. Let's walk. Yeah, it was. it's a very understated moment for something that feels like such a big deal. It's a huge twist in this game. It's turned everything on its head. It turned my original winner pick from Samburu from being the favorite of his tribe to going home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or second favorite in his tribe. I like <laughs> Lindsay more than him. So everyone's, they walk back to their new camps and the reaction from their new tribesmates, essentially everyone thinks that they're getting robbed, <laughs> that they're, that these people are walking into their camp to take something and they're getting ready to either defend it or just like let it happen because it's a game and they, the rules or whatever. Tom walks up to the new Samburu tribe and just says, yeah. We're on Sambuku now. He's there's he's as good as pronouncing this as we are. Uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yep. yeah. Tom, I'm gonna jump ahead a little bit here. Go on. We do have our first Tom slur watch of the episode. <laughs> Tom giving the breakdown of the tribes or the the remaining original Samburu. Yep. Says we got. A queer and two girls. Yep. Oh, no, no, no. That's not the end of that sentence. I didn't hear the rest of it. Oh, go on. It's, we got a queer and two girls tight as, damn, they're hot. (gasps) No! Yes! Yes, that's what he says. I miss her. I just didn't hear the end of it. I, I was, I was, oh my God, that's so bad. It's real bad. It's, this is as bad as I think Tom has gotten. Nah, we'll get there later in the episode. Okay, go on. No, but I was like, queer in the year 2001 was not a positive word for that community. No, not at all. Tom, I thought it'd be a racial slur first, but we have our first Tom slur. But here we are. Here we are. It's a twist. (laughs) It was a twist. It was a twist. What's a twist? Yeah. Yeah. There's not a whole lot else with the, it's, you get your classic reaction of, oh, whoa, whoa, that's crazy shit what do we do now and people immediately not trusting each other yeah the dynamics though immediately are interesting Mm -hmm. because 
Semburu stays split three to three. Yes, it does. And you have the young people all trying to decide, you know, how are we going to hide that Lindsay has votes? Mm-hmm. Bran still feels like a unified tribe. <laughs> They've just, like, Frank and Teresa are now members of Bran. They were waiting for this moment. Yep. They, they couldn't have possibly known that this was coming, but they were like, oh man, if we can get to that merge, so we assimilate into that other tribe. They got an early shot at that. Yeah. It was beautiful. Do you think this was pre-planned? Yes. Or, or okay. Oh, go, sorry, go on. Well, the other option is that they did this because of the dynamics in Samburu and because it was going to make for kind of boring television for the next couple mm. of weeks. And they had this in their back pocket anyway. Yeah. And we're like, okay, cool. This is when you pull the trigger. Or do you think before production began, they were like, great day, whatever day this is, tribe swap. I think, I think it was planned. However, I'm not going to put it past Survivor in production to have a bunch of ideas on a wall, just stickied up and waiting for their moment. Like, oh, this would be perfect now. Oh, this would work now. Because I don't think they would have tried to do this as much if the imbalance was just a little bit. If yeah. it was a, what are we at? Six, six. If it was a uh, six, seven, I thought. No, cause it's, it's even tribes. You're right. They both voted two people off. Yep. So if it's, if it's a six, six vote, it's, it's easy to flip flop people. If it's a four to eight, it's, it's harder because then you're like, okay, pick two people, send them away, and they're just not coming back. Yeah, that's true. And the brand people that go over to Samburu, mm-hmm. Lex, Tom, and Kelly, mm-hmm. as far as we've seen in this episode, they're not crossing tribal lines. No. Absolutely not. Survivor got kind of lucky here at the original Samburu's dysfunction. Yeah. This gave them a really good opportunity if it wasn't already scheduled to yeah shake it up it's everything fell into place exactly yep. as needed for a season that could have these these episodes before the merge whether it's you know would have been this episode and next episode or if it was like three or whatever mm-hmm. would have been horrible to watch yeah if it was just because Sampuru with as they were we're not going to win another team-based challenge mm-hmm. there are there are twists that can ruin a game. New twists that can ruin a game. <laughs> our, our podcast is named after one. <laughs> Correct. But they only ruin the game if you don't know that they're there. Like the turning back time thing. And we won't get into that because it hasn't happened yet. If you don't know that a thing can flip your game on its head, or say an immunity idol, if you don't know that exists and you're playing and everyone votes for one person and it just it hasn't been... Like, you haven't been told about that. You're like, hey, I have this thing. I'm safe. And suddenly everyone's like, the f- Yeah, it doesn't feel right when the production blindsides yeah. uh, like one person or like a couple of people. But they all, they were just given new terms of engagement. Yeah. All right, make it work. This, this I like. Yeah. This I liked a lot. Yep. So we have, reaction-wise, the main reaction from Ethan and Lindsay is, I had this huge plan and now my plans are out the window, which is great. That's exactly what Survivor That's wants. What we want. But then you get into the dynamics of just camp life, and you realize Boran is in a good position. Samburu is not. 
Yeah, so this is what I mean with the apology I put at the front of this episode. Mm-hmm. Samburu's camp is awful. And obviously, the you know, the asterisk on everything is that unreliable narrator, editor, she's with C, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But seeing Brandon go, oh yeah, there's just not a lot of firewood around, to a montage of them getting a stack of firewood a that's shit like ton of firewood. five foot high. Yeah. And the really damning evidence for me was the fire pit. How bad that fire pit got. Yeah. It's just, it is a, a foot and a half pile of ash. Yeah. Nobody's doing anything. I, I had expected that if Frank stopped being so domineering, that the gap would be filled. That's mm-hmm. often what happens with bossy people. Sure. That did not happen. <laughs> that did not happen. No, and it does no. not... I. How stupid do you have to be? I like Brandon. I even like young Kim. I, I'm interested to see more of her if we get to see more of her. Okay. Uh, that little moment of her and Frank just sitting by the fire and being like, I don't fucking know, man. <laughs> I, I hope we get to see... She's in, I hope that she doesn't get the Amber edit. But how fucking stupid do you have to be as Brandon, Kim, and Lindsay to just laze around while there's new people in your camp that are doing all this work? I don't know. If, it, if it's stupid or if it's just that socially unaware. Which, I mean, yeah. Yes, that's just a more specific correct. version of stupid in this case. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, it, it's unbelievable. I can't believe that's what we were watching. <laughs> I was expecting to see something. And they're panicking. Lindsay's freaking out and Brandon's trying to you know, be, act as a shield and, and be like, no, no, I have the votes. I have the votes. Sure. Look over here. But they're not doing anything around camp still. So it's kind of all for naught. I think the most damning evidence is Kelly saying, I'm stuck in a tribe with lazy people. Yeah. And Kelly, Kelly's a young person. Kelly, Kelly mm-hmm. is, I think, the most credible source here to be like, no, there's no age gap. It's just, these people suck. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Whereas Teresa is like, we're alive again. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> Pretty much everyone is all in on Silas from the get-go. They're like talking about him and talking about the young people and how screwed up the situation was right that was, in front of him. That was the second most damning thing to me. Like, all of this is damning. But mm-hmm. like, all of... The three original Baran members, then Teresa and Frank sitting by the fire, while Silas sits really far away from them, and they're just talking shit. Yeah. Blew my mind. Because there's if he could defend himself, he would be over there defending himself. But he can't. And, but he can't. And he knows he can't. So he tries to win over Clarence and Ethan socially, but... <laughs> yeah. I'm going to skip ahead to, uh, I mean, all it's, it's the same dynamic over and over again. Uh, we're talking about, ah, this is crazy, mix up. Although we do need to talk about Lindsay and the tick. Yes, that was exactly where I was Great. going. So in order to show that dynamic and how things have changed, <sighs> we, we get a, a nice look at Lindsay and the Samburu tribe removing a tick from Lindsay's butt. Yep. So, Jared, this was talked about before. Yes, the boiling water removes a tick. Correct. Do you remember when that happened? Trivia. In the trivia challenge. And in the tiebreaker challenge. It seems like Tom knew it 
without, or Lex do it without, like, it wasn't referenced. It doesn't seem like Sam Buru had to tell them, like, hey, we had a trivia question on this. I would agree. I think Lex has that handbook memorized backwards and forwards. Yep. But, yeah, so Tom, very <laughs> graciously and very, what's the word I'm looking for here? Chivalrously. Oh, sure. Very chivalrously offers to help remove uh, the tick. It's so nice of him. Ah, and he's probably a wreck doing it the whole time. He is a, get, he's a little too excited about this. We get so, we get like three confessionals of him being like, <laughs> girl ass look good. Yeah. And uh, then when he's done, he smacks her ass. Yeah. I, ha- I have the quote. He said, it was good for her and it was good for me. <laughs> and then slaps her ass at the very end for good measure. Gross. Yeah. Tom. Tom, dude. No, no, no. So, not to get too, again, political. Something I would never do on this podcast. N- Jared would never. This was 21 years ago. Mm-hmm. 21 years ago, on a major network television show, this man felt comfortable doing that. And they felt comfortable putting it in the show. Yeah. As, like, just this, like, pure objectification of Lindsay's ass. Mm-hmm. While under the guise of helping her. This really sneaky objectification of... I'm talking about of Tom's perspective. Yeah. I, don't, I don't feel like the show was objectifying her as much as, telling, as showing how Tom was. And it's played as a laugh. It's played as like a mutually beneficial thing. And that was only 21 years ago. Yeah. And I'm glad that that probably isn't as popular now. I would hope that if... Lindsay threw a fit about it and was like, no, that was, you crossed the line. They wouldn't put it in. However, this is early Survivor and I shouldn't give them that much credit. Well, I mean, even 21 years ago, I don't know that Lindsay would feel empowered to make a That's big a good deal point. of it. I, can, I can't argue with that. To the show or to Tom at, in the moment. I'm just glad that that stuff seems to be getting... We're starting, we're in the the infancy steps of being like, hey, maybe don't do that. Maybe don't do that. Mm. I don't know about that, Jared. I'm ever the optimist, Stephen. Sure. Again, I have moments in my brain where I'm like, oh no. Survivor has a a checkerboard history here. I'm going to yell out all of them. Cool. Moving on to the reward challenge. We're herding them goats. This this challenge could have been something different. But it wasn't. It this is So we we get into a big open field, which is the entire African area that we're on, so I don't know why that's any different to me. We get to this field and there are locals hanging around, and there's two big pens of goats. Mm-hmm. And they are told you got to get those goats with your color on them into those pens, like four hundred meters away, and the first team to do it wins. This needed <laughs> so much more structure. It did. So, yeah. for, okay, just shotgunning thoughts. Okay. Jeff's cowboy hat looks really cool. That's Ooh. the first thing I'm gonna say. I really like his cowboy hat. Sure. It was never clear. Are you allowed to steal a goat? So. <laughs> Because it was also, I was shocked there wasn't a rule against picking up the goats. I was shocked that they could just like, start, Clarence could just start like grabbing six goats at a time and like <laughs> dumping them in the pen. That doesn't seem like it's, like it's it doesn't seem like the spirit of what you're going for, which is herding goats, yeah. not 
yeeting guts. <laughs> so Jeff does talk about having one gatekeeper. And he talks about how the gatekeeper is just there to get your goats in. And keep their goats and out. And keep their goats out. But when he says it, he... I guess I read that in a way that, like, are they sabotaging? Like, are they trying to get it in a way? It's not. That's not at all what, what he meant. But at, at first I was like, wait, I don't remember it going down this way. Could they just, like, fuck with each other? Well, and that's maybe that's made clear to them and not to us. Yeah. But, like, if I'm Tom, you. I'm, gonna, <laughs> I'm Tom, like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Pick up a goat and run away. Like, yeah. you don't have to run very far. But mm-hmm. just, like, play keep away with a goat. it's not clear whether you can do that at all it's not there's no obstacles for this challenge they're just hurting them in a straight line at the pens yeah i I wrote down this is chaos this is absolute chaos the locals are just laughing at them as they do this it's so funny and like that was my favorite part was watching the locals just giggle to themselves like look at these stupid fucking americans try to do this and like i want to give it credit because i don't know that you think about Hey, I can just fucking, I can pick these up. These are sentient beings. They want to go where they want to go. Oh, that was the first thing I thought of when mm-hmm. I was like, when they were doing, it, I was like, oh, okay, so can we pick up the goats? <laughs> and then they did. I was like, oh, okay, cool. I guess we can. Yeah. Oh, Jared, you've worked in escape rooms before. <sighs> you know, if it's not expressly written in the rules, therefore. I'm going to try everything. That's gonna... true. My brain does look at these challenges like from the framework of an escape room. So Sorry. I'm used to people breaking things and breaking the game. There are two ways that people tackle escape rooms. One, I must follow the rules to a T. I will only look for instructions and nothing else. Or two, I'm going to do everything that they didn't tell me I couldn't do. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you missed a uh, third option, which is I'm going to go with my gut on the first thing I see and never look at anything else yeah. until I solve this one thing that isn't solvable yet. <laughs> so they, they play this for a while, and then eventually Silas says, not literally, just said, fuck it, I'm going to pick up this goat. And then everyone around them sees this and says, oh, oh, that's smart. So you have people from Silas, Clarence, Frank, Ethan, Tom carrying goats, there was at one point Clarence was carrying two goats yep. so it was very impressive and I'm just sitting there thinking this is this is fun this is a Mario Party game <laughs> that's true that's true and all the yeah all the structure of a Mario Party game too but not in the way that it's like okay it's just chaos and whatever but also the fact that I think Jeff was playing a, a different game, a different Mario Party game. He's just sitting there tallying these goats as they go in, and he's kind of like counting them and making sure he has the right number. And then uh, Baran gets to twenty, and then he's like, "Yeah, that's it. Baran wins. Yeah, we good. Cool. Yeah, Jeff didn't seem super invested in this challenge either. It was super nonchalant. It was very it was- nonchalant. Also, I at first I was like. Oh, wait, so why did they bring the locals here except to laugh at the dumb Americans? I yeah. was like, one, those are probably their goats. Yes. And they probably, the locals were like, no, I'm not letting, those, that's my livelihood. I'm not letting you walk off with 40 goats from our village. <laughs> I need Absolutely to watch that, please. Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> so, Baran wins, and they win chickens, 
which Jeff, at the beginning of this challenge, explicitly warns that, hey, it's good. They could lay eggs. You can keep them around. You can eat them. But also, they could attract predators. They might get you killed! <laughs> I'm sorry. We're out here giving rewards that could m murder you. I don't understand this season. <laughs> I don't. I, I don't. I'm enjoying it, but I... Holy shit. Yeah. If you have to give the reward a, a, a like, oh, you have to make a decision, the predators might come near your camp. Well, fuck you! <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? Why Why would you do that to me? Why are you... <laughs> why are you hurting me so? Why are you putting the possibility of bait in our camp, but also it's something we need so desperately? <laughs> Also, jumping back, that, that ties into what we were just talking about. We see a bunch of a herd of elephants mm -hmm. at the Bran camp. So that's three massive wildlife sightings that have been important. The elephant won the least so. But the lions, the ox, and the elephants, all by Bran, nothing by Samburu. Yep. Bran also has better access to water. And yes, we see them dig it out later this episode in the mm -hmm. Samburu camp. But I am wondering if their water holes are not equal because a water hole is going to attract more animals and we mm -hmm. constantly see Baran and like the animals aren't going to know that one of them is better than the other they're going to go to the watering holes that they've been to or that they usually go to sure they don't give a shit it's muddy <laughs> so I that was a one little thing I was like huh wait a minute and then oh cool you have better access to water that also might get you killed yeah <laughs> it's such a fucking mess man oh man I, I get it you can die at any given point, you could walk out in front of a bus, you could get bit by a spider and not have the antivenom. But like, man, you're putting them in... The chances are much, much higher in this season than any other season. Well, yeah, I mean, sure. A, a bus can hit you at any moment, but when I'm sleeping in my bed? <laughs> or if you're on the beach of Fiji or Borneo? There, a lion's not walking up to your camp. That's fair. <laughs> it's just and like when they give you the chickens in Australia they're not like alright but wild packs of dingoes might come and fuck your shit up <sighs> alright rant, so, rant over cool wild <laughs> but this challenge is essentially setting up the the power dynamic and how outclassed Samburu is mm -hmm. this physically if you're doing a physical game Boom. It's, it's Baran 100% of the time. Which, okay, one more small rant. <laughs> I'm done ranting. One more rant. Well, separate rant. Okay. Fuck you, Paramount Plus. Oh, go on. The last episode we watched together. Sure. So I wasn't caught up on my phone. I couldn't just click the next episode. I had to go into the glossary of episodes, which is I had to find where we were. Which means I had to, like, look at the episodes. Mm -hmm. Their description for this episode is the new Baran, or maybe just like, I think it might just say Baran. I don't think this is the new Baran because I didn't know a tribe swap was coming. But it says, Baran goes to tribal council or something like that. Oh, boo. And I was like, fuck you. Because like, we have this whole, what you're talking about, like, they set up this, oh, Samburu's gonna get killed in the immunity challenge. Yeah. But, huh? what do they say, Steven? Instead of saying, hey, we're the dominant tribe, we can win every challenge from here on out if we want to. What if we just, Throw that challenge. What if uh, we use this opportunity to get rid of someone we don't want around? Which I was wondering even before this, even before this happened, with the knowledge that Bran was going to go to tribal council because of 
fucking Paramount Plus mm-hmm. if they were going to throw the challenge on purpose because of the, how quickly Teresa and Frank bonded into their tribe. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know that I necessarily agree with that move, but we'll get to that in a hot yeah. second. We get more dynamic play at Samburu. It's everyone's kind of reeling from that challenge saying, I was so happy to see our, our tribe people, our old tribe people again. But then the challenge started and it was like, we weren't even there. And it was weird to play against Silas from Lindsay mm-hmm. saying it was frustrating and she's crying. She's lost her power position and Brandon's trying to keep this shit together. <laughs> do you have the Brandon quote? Yes, I do. So Brandon's pushing to get votes on him. Lindsay's crying and he's just like, man, keep it together. He says, it's a great thing that I'm gay because I could not stand to put up with a crying woman. Which, I mean, is probably problematic, but it was hilarious. I see your sentiment, but man, can we say that a little better? Oh. Oh. Yeah. And then at the other camp, Ed <laughs> These Baran. people are awful. Yeah. I, 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 there are people I like on this cast, but mm-hmm. so far, of the three casts, this is the worst cast. I would agree. Yeah. Yeah. And on Baran, it's this also weird dynamic of we're feeling each other out, we're trying to make bonds silas and clarence are kind of bonding yeah so and clarence is a possible flip yeah from, uh from baran's eyes so everything is really up for grabs at this point this is the mix-up dynamics that we want this is exactly what survivor wants every time there's a tribe swap mm-hmm. is to get this kind of oh i could do this or i could do this or i could do this man survivor gets has gotten really lucky in these first three seasons with their firsts mm-hmm they got really lucky with their first winner. They got really lucky with their first tribe swap. Mm-hmm. I feel like there was something lucky for the first of Australia, but it's not coming to mind right off the top of my head. First time someone almost died. <laughs> well, yeah. Oh, I mean, kind of. They're really lucky about the medevac because it created a more interesting merge than just getting picked off one by one. Yeah. <laughs> They're really lucky that Jerry and Keith didn't hit it off to create that tension and, and make those first few episodes after the merge interesting yeah yeah so there's a there's a lot of scrambling around going on but the big scramble comes after the immunity challenge because they they do this is where they hint hey maybe we throw it Mm." and then immunity it's a big ass puzzle which we may or may not have a reference picture for that was unclear Oh, did they? Did they give him a, a reference? No idea. I didn't think they did. They probably didn't. Silas looked like he was looking at something when he was... Mm. I, I wasn't sure. Maybe ignore all of that. I don't know. The shapes look so... The shapes look very form-fitting to specific parts of the puzzle. Yeah. To the point where they were odd. They were unique puzzle shapes, but... The puzzle itself wasn't a square puzzle. No. It, it was a raised platform in different shapes. So you could eventually figure out, oh, maybe this pointy part with spikes going out goes with that part with the spikes going out. Yeah, it wasn't that hard. No, it was a 20-piece puzzle. You figure that out eventually. Silas almost figured it out all on his own. And he tried because, man, they were throwing it and they were not acting it very well. No. <laughs> Kim especially was not acting it very well. Kim and Teresa, I think, were both kind of just like, mm, yeah, shift uh, a little bit this way. And, okay. Uh, sure. <laughs> Whereas on the other tribe, you got to see some good leadership 
from Lex. And Brandon. It, and, and Brandon. I Toward the end, it kind of devolved but both Lex and Brandon into just yell at him. Yeah. Which is, I mean, whatever. I get it. I played sports. I understand. So let's talk about... So you said you don't think that throwing it was the right move. I, I'm not sure. Okay. Explain your reasoning. Because I think it was the right move. I get Okay. I'm going to back it up. Because they think that a merge is coming in three days. Mm-hmm. And they're trying to like play this out, I don't know, without negotiating with your other half. It's, it's really tough to say, but you never want to put yourself in that instance where, well, maybe I could go. Yeah, I... So this is, this is my thoughts. Mm-hmm. I think it was the smartest move available because you know the numbers on the new Samburu are three to three. Sure. You have no idea how that's going to shake out. Now you have a little bit of a hint that none of the three people over there have any votes. Mm-hmm. And you've probably gotten from Frank and Teresa that Lindsay has votes. Okay. And that there's two don't. You have a 33% chance of them picking the right person. Sure. Which means you have a 66% chance of it going to trivia. And that's I mean, a good point, is that Frank and Teresa are probably willingly divulging that information. Oh, yeah. And saying, well, if they go with this, they could do this. I think we hear them tell them at the fire that they put votes on Silas mm. intentionally. I don't, and then I think I'm just right. assuming they, they told about Lindsay too. But if you throw it, you guarantee your result. If you're the power two in the original Baran of Ethan and Kim, you now have Teresa Frank and you guarantee that you send home either Clarence or Silas. That's a good point in that they're so willing and so eager to hop on board that, I don't know, maybe you take that opportunity. Yeah. I, I would, if I was Ethan mm-hmm. in season three Survivor, I would assume that Frank and Teresa are now members of my tribe. Like, I would treat them as if they were original members of my tribe. Sure. Because that bridge is, between them and the three young people of Samburu, is burnt. The ashes have been scattered to the <laughs> wind. There is a bomb was dropped where the bridge was crossing over. Like, it is not enough. They hate each other. Yeah. So here comes the scramble of a lifetime where <laughs> Jesus. immediately Silas pulls Ethan out and is like, hey, we need to go after Frank. Is that his first pull? His, yeah, it was his first pull. And yeah, yeah, Ethan yeah. says to us, he's like, dude, I like Frank. Yeah. <laughs> he, he says, I'm, I'm thinking this whole time, huh, kind of like frank and i yeah. kind of like Teresa, so i don't know about that so he he then tries to flip it and say uh but clarence is is a physical threat we should get rid of clarence like we he's always kind of been it's been sketchy this one time he ate food that he wasn't supposed to so we should get rid of clarence it also seems like really bad lying yeah i i put Five percent belief in Ethan that I do think if he can get rid of Clarence at the merge, he uh-huh. does. Or not at the merge, but Clarence is the first Baran plus Frank Teresa member that Ethan would gun for. I think. Yeah. So it's essentially what they're trying to make it out is it's Clarence or it's Silas. Yeah, they do that. They do the trick that Survivor's really good at now, but they didn't do at all in the first season. I think this is the first time they really try it. Of. There, it was never going to be Clarence. No, not at all. 
but they make you think that, oh, it could be Clarence. It could be Clarence. We're, it's probably Silas, but it could be Clarence. We're going to show you the clips of them trying to make someone believe that it could be Clarence, even though it's definitely not going to be. They lay it on a little thick right after the immunity challenge. I yeah. think I think they have like Ethan talking about it in a confessional for a little too long, or it was someone. But I appreciate it. I appreciate the editors getting a little bit better. <laughs> I don't appreciate them pulling the wool over my eyes and making Silas look like a leader and half decent at the game for the first part of this season. Yeah. What What's interesting, and what I think really does him in is that. Silas is so open about his alliance back yeah. in the other tribe. Like Kim confronts him about it, and he's like, "Yeah, I got, I got people back. I got two people waiting for me to come back." Like, uh, do you want to be a part of this team? We should just vote this guy out right now. Do we have to go to council? No, yeah. get rid of him. Yeah, no, they. It's he's playing way too hard, and he's a terrible liar. Yeah, he's terrible at strategy. Yeah, he is good at loyalty. But he's bad at strategy. Yeah. And then right at, at the 11th hour, he gets real nervous because he saw Ethan talking to Clarence. And he's like, he gets right up in his face and confronts him. Like, it was making me nervous. Yeah. Dude doesn't know any chill. Silas kind of freaks me out. I got, I got weird vibes from him in the season. I got... Vibes from him that were similar to Colby in the first couple episodes, where Whoa. I was where I was skeptical of Colby, and I was like, I called him the new Dirk or something like that. And then we got to like we got to like you know learn that he's a leader and that people really like him, and we got to see like his charisma flourish. And I think I applied that to Silas, where I was like, oh, that guy's kind of like a little abrasive and a little weird. Maybe but, he'll grow on me. Uh, yeah, I think he'll grow on me, and and it, you know he seemed ever his his fellow tribe mates seemed to really like him, so why shouldn't I? <laughs> Ope. 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 <laughs> yeah. Just, mm. and really to hammer it home, we get to tribal and the very first thing that we were talking about is, is this two tribes in one? Is this one tribe? And Silas right out the gate's like, nah, we're a team. We're, <laughs> they are. We, everyone loves it. Everyone but Silas yeah. is. And I don't know if he believes it, but. He's trying to make himself believe it. I think he's trying to make himself believe it. <laughs> it's yeah. And actually, I, I want to give Clarence props here. Okay, go on. Clarence played a really good, subtle game mm-hmm. of just like talking to Silas and letting Silas believe that the two of them were like locked in. Like, oh yeah, man, I got your back. Yeah, cool. They're gonna come for you right away. And then votes him out immediately. Yeah. It's the only vote that we see Gets before the votes are revealed. Yeah. And that is not something I think we've seen anyone do in the first couple of seasons. Like, it's very rare that I think we've seen people say, yeah, we're going, we're, yeah. It's going to be this. It's going to be this. The day of tribal. Sure. We saw Colby do it, but he did it weeks before he turned around and voted out Jerry. I don't think we've really seen that settling down some of the paranoid the day of tribal. Yeah. I think we've seen it, but it's certainly not as masterful as this. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking on that, Jeff calls Clarence an alpha male. That was weird. It was weird. I don't like that phrase, just with the context that goes with it nowadays. Yeah, I think it... I know it was meant in an honest, like, you're a big dude. Yeah. And Language changes. I think that it was more of like, you're, you're a big dude. You're a leader. You're, you know... But nowadays, that usually is 
uh, bracketed by somebody wearing a fedora and liking Hitler a little too much. Mm. And then final note of this tribal, Frank gets asked about his life, and it's, I forget what the question is, but it's pointed in the way of, hey, are you feeling better now that you're in a, a different tribe? And he answers it with, individually, my life got way better. And if you leave it there, you're like, ooh, I know where this is going. But then he's like, yeah, the camp is great. I am with people that work hard. Uh, we have good water. Life is good. Yeah. And he makes it about camp and not about himself in the game. Frank's growing on me. I know, right? <laughs> the ed- Man, I... I didn't get fooled by the editors that often in seasons one and two, but they they got me. They got you. They got me good. So this was a clean sweep. Everyone on Silas, and Silas put it on Frank, which, I don't know, we didn't really talk about that as a strategy. Oh, I didn't even see that. I didn't pay attention. I thought he put it on Clarence. It, I think it was Frank, but the writing was so damn small that I, I could be absolutely wrong. Yeah. Talk about your protagonist for this episode. Okay. I think my protagonist of this episode, it's a little, it is tricky because we're telling two, really four different stories, uh, all in groups of three. And the most impactful of those, I think, was Ethan. Ethan's the one who brings up throwing the challenge. Ethan seems to be the one who brings in and welcomes in Frank and Teresa. Ethan is the one who Silas goes to as the person, or at least we see Silas go to as the person that's wrangling everyone in his tribe dark horse or like runner up uh, for the protagonist of the episode would probably be lex we see lex do a lot of really subtle really subtle gameplay i would i would say lex slash kelly we both see them doing really subtle like trying to pick out who the person to vote for on samburu is and is is fielding what i'm going to call the spec ops unit inside of samburu (laughs) I did check, and yes, Frank is was the vote. So I don't know what Silas's strategy was, or if he just saw the writing on the wall and said, "Whatever, I'm going to put my vote where I want to put my vote." Mm. And I don't usually talk about them, but Silas's exit speech, like serial killer vibes. I actually thought this one was pretty good. I thought what he said was pretty good. Sure. I thought how he said it was. Uh, unnerving for some reason okay i don't have any specific reason why but watching it i was like this doesn't feel right Mm -hmm. i'm gonna give him credit and i shouldn't that it seemed very you could have easily just been spent that whole confessional saying this game like it fucked me over i was in a power position and then i got screwed that is true but he didn't. He would. He said, "Oh, the I I love this game. I I want to play this game again. I would do this any day," and. The, the game got to me in a way that I didn't expect, and that's great. Yeah, I don't... For some reason, that reaction... You're right. That is, that is like, the most appropriate adult reaction. It just... Mm-hmm. I guess it just didn't feel genuine. That's fair. Yeah. It, maybe, maybe it wasn't. How do you think he would do in a modern Survivor? That's a great question. Because he's good at challenges. Mm-hmm. He has a natural charisma. Mm-hmm. And yet, he's a control freak who self-destructs. Yes. So we have seen, I've seen, just in my few seasons of Survivor Post 40, (laughs) enough control freaks self-destruct. I think he probably would be about the same or worse. That's about where I would put him, too. Yeah. This is 
the peak for him. Unless his tribe dominated through immunity challenges. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he's too he's too paranoid. He's too like he has no social game whatsoever. Mm-hmm. He seems like the perfect right before merge vote out in mm. every scenario. Yeah, I mean, if you even keep him that long. Yeah. You're not going to see any more of him. I'm glad. It's... I don't know if he was asked back in any other situation. However, he certainly will not be asked back ever again. Silas... I'm, I'm going to say this and not anything else about him because this is unforgivable was arrested in 2019 on charges of rape and aggravated assault, possibly on multiple people, and was released from jail on $50,000 bond. Jesus. He pled guilty. Jesus. So, I think the sociopathic tendencies that you see on the screen are just him. He doesn't take no for an answer very well in the show. Yeah. So I apologize off the bat. Had I known that, I probably would have said that at the top of the, like at the very first episode, that he is a rapist, a yeah. convicted rapist, and it, a pleading guilty rapist. So, oops, yikes. I'm okay with either way for the future. If you if you all have preferences, please write us in. I'm okay with the Silas approach. I'm okay with the Scoopin approach, especially because we don't do a lot, or I don't do any research because I don't want to be spoiled, mm-hmm. but Steven doesn't do a lot of research on the contestants until we're until they're voted out, specifically to not color his opinions of them. I mean, I'm speaking for you, but sure. we've talked about this. So if you, if you, the listeners, have preferences on how you'd like to handle those type of topics, hopefully we don't have too many more of them to handle. Yeah. But we're only three seasons in, and we're averaging 0.75 a season. Yeah, I'm going to probably lean toward the... I'm going to get me a list of here are the people who had, at worst, sex crimes. Yeah, here are the sex crimes. Yeah. yeah. Which shouldn't, again, shouldn't be... Shouldn't thing, need but, a list! But here we are. So... There will be more up front. That, that's not one thing that I knew about him. And had I known that, I would have I would have led with that. So that's Yikes. my fault. Anything else for the episode? I don't think so. Cool. Yeah, this is... I know that's a really down note to leave it on because like, <laughs> uh, people rating people isn't fun to talk about. Yeah. But that aside, I really liked this episode. Mm-hmm. I thought this twist was really well implemented when they use it was really well implemented the the dichotomy between even just the camp life situations made it very interesting and this was probably the most entertaining episode of survivor i mean easily this season definitely since season one Mm -hmm. possibly of the show thus far yeah okay even with even with what i would consider kind of a subpar cast should we clear the uh the bad energy from this room how do we do that by the one thing that we can do, Jared. A bumper. So that'll do it for this episode of the Survivor Trading Back Time podcast. I don't know. We hit high highs, we hit low lows in that episode. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes that's how the Survivor goes. Yep. Yeah. Anything you want to plug? <laughs> I. I don't know what I want to plug. I want to plug 
the leftovers in my fridge. I want to eat them. They sound delicious. Leftover pizza, man. Sometimes it's real good. However, the one leftover pizza that I cannot stand is Little Caesars pizza. I think it's awful. Yeah. Terrible as leftovers. Better cold. Let me eat that frozen pizza in your, in your freezer that I left here for a month. <laughs> that cold? Yeah, just gnaw it, I gnaw it completely forever. <laughs> I'll take a serious note. Just with that, with the Silas, where are they now? I'll plug the domestic abuse hotline. Oh, uh, hot. Yeah. It, uh, you know, there are resources out there. Uh, we will try to put one in our show notes if you're in a bad situation. Um, even if it's been for a long time, there's, you know, you can always get help. Yeah. And I'm just going to say it here because I can. This is our platform. We'll do what I want. The domestic abuse hotline is 800-799-7233. If you are in a situation where you feel like you need help, get help. And even if we don't know you, if you're someone that listens to this podcast and you need help and you can't make that call yourself, send us an email. Yeah. And give us some information and we'll send it for you. We'll help you out, but in a genuine way, please. I'm, we're not... Oh, I, I, I assume that nobody would take no. advantage of that. Cool. Just give, doing the podcast version of an angel shot here. Yeah. Don't order you an angel shot, man. I'll, I'll be your help. Should we end on a happy moment? Yeah, what's something that's brought you joy today? Ooh, things that have brought me joy. I don't know, there was a cool thing happening in my office today where they were uh, making a video to support actors that... Essentially supporting the art and saying, hey, actors, theater people got screwed over COVID. And <laughs> yeah. Some have been displaced and just have not come back to the arts because it's just not viable so i think that's that was really cool for an office that has nothing to do with that to be like hey let's do that awesome yeah and not under my prompting too i had nothing to do with this (laughs) steven pulling the strings and all philanthropy in the chicago arts give arts money give arts money mine's also from work it's much more selfish okay um i started a new position back in may and it is a a position that's it's not like outright competitive like we're not like competing with other people inside of our team Mm -hmm. but we all have like our individual portfolios and we can see how everyone's stacks up for the month not we're not our boss isn't it's not fucking glengarry again ross (laughs) they're not like it's purely for like analytics and stuff sure but i sometimes use it motivation and because i'm the newest person on the team uh for a long time i've been on the bottom of it and so far in December, well, for November, the first time ever, I wasn't on the bottom. And now in December, so far, fingers crossed, I'm just above the middle of the pack. So I just have like six people. High five. All right. For my co-host, Jared, this is Steven. For my host, Steven, this is Jared. Go, go sell those things. Sell the stuff. Yeah. Live in this capitalist hellscape. Yeah. Buy, sell, wickets. Consume. <laughs> Consume. Bye-bye. Bye.